0: Welcome to the Cinephile and Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade-filled movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling, tired teachers. I'm Don Shanahan.
1: I'm William Johnson. We're new? Well, are we new anymore? I guess we can kind of be semi-new.
0: We're still semi-new. We're new and we're damn glad to have you. Folks, this is all for tantrum's sake where shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate in the end. We encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we're talking about Mortal Kombat. Oh, well, with that kind of enthusiasm compared to our last episode on the 1995
1: film. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> I was hoping I you did do, that. I can't even do it on the stream. Can't
0: hit it. All right. Anyway, this time, after doing the 1995 episode last time, uh, this one comes. that one was recommended by Will. This one comes recommended and loved by me. Our format is this. The recommending lover goes first. I will be that person. I will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower my praise and state my high-minded case of why it's a four-star out of five-star film. Oh the hater God. follows with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual and exhausting scorched earth after that we open it up for 15 minutes of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy we hope you've got your judge's scorecard we hope you got your edm music and we hope you have some caffeine because folks it's late we're tired but let's go Will you just mm. got out of the movie tonight
1: i did i actually uh <clears throat> i went to the physical movie theater mm. uh to go see this uh, I was go. really excited. I waited all day, like, told all the kids in the class that I'm going to go see Mortal Kombat. I'm really excited. Oh. It's gonna, it'll only be my second movie in a the theater for the last 14 months or so. I Dang. previously saw Cherry. Um, okay. And all the available shows were sold out.
0: That's a so, good sign for a 25% capacity theater. Make that money. Yeah, well,
1: WWE. that's true. I didn't think about it in that context. But yeah. still, it was sold out, which was a bummer. So I went home and watched it on HBO Max instead, which I think, kind of like with uh, Godzilla versus Kong, you kind of lose a little bit of the so. you know, power of it. But mm-hmm. um, I still watched it. I, I literally got done with it about 25 minutes ago. So
0: Nice. I yeah. saw this on Wednesday. Um, I was invited to, for press, I was invited to a pair of possible screenings to see this. One of them would have been early in the day, like at noon on a Wednesday. The other one would have been uh, last night, Thursday, at 7 Um, o'clock. Couldn't make either one of them, so I, too, took the HBO Max route. I didn't quite brag to the kids that, well, I got to brag to the kids that I already saw, it, which was cool enough, but Mm -hmm. I know know that feeling as a teacher where you can kind of be like, hey, kids, I'm going to go see this movie. They're like, what? I love Mm -hmm. it. No. all right five minutes huh
1: oh uh, you know hey, i just, just watched a 100 and i just watched 110 <laughs> minutes of this so go ahead and you you can spare five, five and more. then 15 yeah you got
0: all right yeah. starting the timer and here we go so i'll admit that i was never i think we said i'll say this and repeat what I myself a little bit from our last episode i wasn't a gamer you know really growing up um had you know had the basic nintendo played a li- played it for a little bit of time but it wasn't a let's buy all the things and do all the things and be in front of the screen all the time i'm a bravo road farm boy so we were outside playing kids and all that and um uh, so when mortal kombat came around and i was about oh gosh i'd be about 16 years old it did look cool and it did sound cool and like i became that kid who like goes to other friends' house and then kind of occasionally plays games but of course i'm When I do that, I play video games against people who play video games all day. So I just get my ass handed to me all the time, (laughs) you know, which is, you know, oh, come on, Don, you know, like I just go there and fail and lose. (laughs) So when I, you know, play Mortal Kombat, if I didn't, you know, put some quarters into an arcade or I didn't play it at a friend's house, I didn't know much about it. Didn't know the characters, didn't know any of that parts to it in 1995. And to this day, Still kind of don't keep up with it and things like that. I know it from the movies. And I know it from the water cooler. And when you add a few extra characters in this movie, I need, you know, I need my primers and I need my Wikipedia page lookups when I'm done. But, man, um, I couldn't stop thinking about while watching this movie, our discussion about the 1995 one and how much we both just enjoyed the practical effects, the the, the cheese of it, so to speak, because it it doesn't take itself too super seriously and was very entertaining because it was just well made with what they could do and well loved with what they can make and that i have to admit that kind of set the bar in a place that i wasn't sure what i was going to get coming into the new one i was wondering if that was going to be a situation where we've seen warner brothers fuck this up before where they just you know whether it's a DC title and they put ten pounds of sugar in a five pound bag, like when I say that about B versus you know Batman versus Superman, or even just their tendencies with the MonsterVerse of just overstuffing things and overdoing it for overdoing its sake. And I was worried because I I I also avoided the trailers and was good about it. I knew the R rating was coming, and I tell you what, I came out of the movie really enjoying myself. I, I because I felt like if you're gonna take the cheese that's possible and you're going to take the colorfulness and the characters that are possible and bring them to now put that r rating on it what would it look like and it would just be a fun romp with a little extra gravitas because everything tries to get gravitas nowadays and i was impressed those first seven minutes of really kind of twisting the knife between what scorpion and sub-zero can be and you know you have some you know some solid actors playing those parts and you put it in a period setting and you the violence gets turned down right at the moment you get going. I that's That that scored me. I was invested. I was sucked in. What, is there still a lame, middle-sagging section of training montage and get-to-know-you stuff and maybe overexposition of what these guys are going to face? Oh, certainly, for sure. But the fun part is, is you got a guy like Josh Lawson in there cracking jokes every four seconds to kind of break that mood of, of wacky, forced gravitons and tension and even on the side of that you still have some heroes that instead of being complete pussies really step up and by the time they get to kind of throw down and show what they can do there's chances where they throw throw down and show what they can do at the same time i was not bothered by and it was one of our fears when we did the show again was i was not bothered by the effects and i thought oh my gosh here we go they're gonna this is gonna be just a Sky Beam Suicide Squad style movie where they just throw every glowy thing they can for the sake of making something big, loud, and dumb. And I still see a good martial arts movie that just happens to have cool effects. I still see characters that can come out and still be colorful and interesting and different and threatening and have stakes, especially when you turn on the R-rated edge. And yeah, I got a a compelling enough cheesy movie with good violence, good creative kills, good creative storylines, and simplicity to it. I thought they were going to really overdo this. I was worried they had too many characters. And I came away following every little bit they needed, enjoying the parts they had. Can I envision this maybe being done with higher pedigree and different people than what they've got? Because no one here is a super big star. Maybe, but maybe that then when that happens, all you see is the star and you don't see the fun of doing a good movie. And that's when it called back to 1995, where you have a movie made by just caring people who enjoy this material, get these characters and push the most they can out of it. And Just like that. That's my five.
1: All right. Well, first off, it should be noted that in terms of the seven majorly released films from Warner brothers, on this HBO Max deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Warner Brothers is a solid one and a half out of seven. Ooh. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Blah. The Little Things. Blah. Tom and Jerry. Blah. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Blah. Godzilla versus Kong. Blah. Mortal Kombat. Nah. The one I'm going to give a little break to is Judas and the Black Messiah. So there you go. We love that one. We talked about our last Academy Awards mm-hmm. podcast that we love that film. So that's the one Mortal Kombat I'm going to give a half. So don't call me a true hater. I'm not like a huge gamer. I played the original Mortal Kombat. That's about it. I love the original movie, which we talked about on a prior episode as well. Um, and yes, I, I do agree with you that one of our fears was that they would go overboard um with the effects and the mythology and stuff like that uh i was pleased that they did not do that uh and in the first 10 minutes or so i would say they actually did a phenomenal job of creating an ambiance creating a tension a mood um First, I think, like you said, the first seven minutes or so is set in Japan in the 17th century. Beautiful stuff, great imagery, a lot of tension, good fight work. Uh, And then I think when they're introduced, they introduce the kind of ho hum hero. He's really boring. Um, I'm not even going to look up his name at this moment because I'm too tired (laughs) to do it. But uh, then they kind of show like Outworld, and they had a couple scenes in Outworld, and I was like, okay. They kind of show it as this kind of desolate kind of terrible place but it, it still has kind of a, a mood to it um and then they just abandoned it they never go back um so actually one thing that while i credit them for not going overboard they actually went underboard is that a, is that a word um it's almost like they i don't know how to describe this but I feel like they were holding their cards so close to their chest that they didn't really reveal anything. Um, you know, you think about the villains of the piece. Uh, the actor who played Shang Sun, um, I'm looking him up as we speak, but I thought he was he had a great presence, but he doesn't. Uh, his name is Chin Han, mm-hmm. but you never get an ask you never get like the rules of what he can do you don't know what he is and he really only just says get them you know like he doesn't really have a character then all his little minions are interesting to look at but um they only have like one or two fight scenes to do they kind of look cool a little bit and then they just kind of get they're kind of there to get wasted, so they they didn't really develop any kind of tension with the characters. I remember the first film did a really good job of establishing um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, who were just kind of general villains in that, and Kano and stuff like that. They kind of established them as kind of these mysterious villains. like They didn't explain it too much, but at the same time, they they kind of had like a a, a presence to them, to them where you kind of felt like they were dangerous. Like we talked about in our mortal Kombat episode that because of the practical effects of Goro, there was actually some kind of intimidation there. Like it's real, you know, like the Goro in this movie, not only is he only in it for about four minutes, but I was never terrified of him. You know, Uh, I was Mm -hmm. never terrified. Now I'm going to exclude this from the scorpion and sub-zero aspects of the film because pretty much any aspect with them in it was great but i'm just talking about all the side characters first of all you have lewis tan as this new made-up character called cole young who is as bland as bland can be um they had um I mean, the girl who plays Sonya Blade, Jessica McNamee, McNamee whatever her name is, I mean, she was okay. Uh, Josh Lawson, who played Kano, was like hilarious for the first like two minutes. And then it just, that shtick got really old. Um, just ex- All the characters seem very, very thin. Um, I don't have any um, real need to see them succeed. So I guess to summarize real quick, I guess my mm-hmm. my main point is that if the film focused on Scorpion and Sub-Zero as the first seven minutes promised, I think yeah. the film would be very powerful. But because it focuses on this lame dude who, well, we'll go into that, what his powers are and all that crap, but I, I just think the film is uh, extremely underwhelming, underdeveloped, which is even worse than I feared
0: yeah i can see what you mean by that i'd say that in my review on 25 well that it it kept it simple in a good way because i was worried it was going to be too busy but i think there is such a thing as too simple where you've got these people who are there because of their looks because of their moves but not a lot more is given to them now if they're trying to flesh out a big old universe where this grows in time great and if that you know that keeps this movie from being two hours and 45 minutes, like a Zack Snyder film. And I was okay with that because I also wonder if there's a place where I'm not saying this is Spider-Man and I'm not saying this is Batman, but maybe this is, and I don't like using the term fan service either. Cause I think that's mm. a lame overused term just like nostalgia, but sure. maybe there is a, Hey, we trust our viewers to figure this out that we don't need to spoon feed you every origin for every character you see on screen. I mean, mm-hmm. I know they, the origin they give the most of is clearly the Louis Tan's character of, you know, of, oh, uh, okay, I forgot his name already, just like you did. But like, Cole if that's the guy... Ge- yeah, Cole Young, the MMA fighter, right? So if that's the guy getting half an origin and a bit of a training angle and we meet these other people and see their little intentions along the way and shifting allegiances, at least when you get to Kano, that's all right and plenty. But I'm with you. The more... I can agree with you here, the more compelling, you know, time-honored characters that, that clearly have centuries of beef get a great seven, eight minutes, and then it's just kind of hanging over them through whatever bloodlines they want to do the rest on, where if they are trying to be simple and slow play this, truly slow play it, you're right. There's a movie there of just Sub-Zero and just Scorpion that would that would
1: slap, man. Yeah, and I think... Um... Now, all the video game fans out there are going to kill me because I don't know all the names of the characters and I'm not mm. going to remember them. But even in the simplistic storytelling, they didn't pay off anything. Like, for example, so good Sonya- guys win. That's well, the best I know, but, get, so- you know, OK, so, for example, yeah. in the first time when all the bad guys fight all the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. Sonya fights my future ex-wife, Melina. Played by Sissy Stringer, (laughs) uh, who I don't care if her face is messed up. I think she's fine as hell. Um, so they set it up that Molina wins, kind of, sort of, Mm -hmm. like basically has Sonia's life in her hands, and says you're not worth it. And when they make, when the good guys make their plan to attack the people again later, even Sonia says like, "I'm gonna get the bitch with the fucked up teeth," right? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Cole's like, "Nope." you're gonna fight somebody that you have no connection with whatsoever um well actually i shouldn't say that because it was kano but they don't really establish it as well as they do in the first movie but my point is is that like there's a number of battles that happen in this film that have a narrative um like punch to them like obviously Hmm. you take the most basic one you have scorpion at the time his name is hanzo hasashi um he gets killed by uh Bihan or sub zero mm-hmm. in the beginning and then right. you find out that, that scorpion lived and he's been living in hell for like centuries like waiting for revenge so mm-hmm. when they fight there's actual you know
0: tension there's and a, yeah build up there sure there's some
1: meat and some build up so even so even in a small way to, just using uh sonya and Melina as an example like, even if you're not going to get a lot out of Sonya or a lot out of Melina, at least have the character arc of, like, yeah, kind of like Rocky Three, Like, Mr. T mm-hmm. beats Rocky, then Rocky beats Mr. T. Like, yeah. have, like, these through lines where it's like, okay, Melina gets to fight Sonya Blade, she gets her vengeance back. And they did this, I think the only one that they kind of did it with was uh, Liu Kang. And, um... What was that dude's name? Uh, the robotic Cabal. guy,
0: Gabal. right?
1: Cabal, who is played by the voice, is the guy who played Charlie Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> so, figures you'd get
0: a reference in there.
1: Yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, they kind of had them fighting each other and stuff, which is pretty interesting. But it, it doesn't always, it doesn't only go just to the storytelling beats. It also goes to, like I said, there's a lot of stuff where you don't know what powers they have they don't mm-hmm. explain it right um there's a lot of situations where um ca- like character motivations just like like i said they they have sonya fight kano at the at the end but like in the first movie they establish with a simple line of dialogue that you know kano's mess some shit up in sonya's life like it's mm-hmm. something that happened off screen like in this one it's just that they're kind of annoyed with each other you know uh Jax and Sonya have this kind of—you're just supposed to think that they have this amazing chemistry with each other because
0: they're war they, buddies. They were right? war
1: buddies, but you only see a picture of them, and mm-hmm. even in the first film, they mention with a, with a with a line of dialogue. And I think this is amazing that the first film is teaching this film twenty right. something years later how to write a screenplay, which is amazing because the first it's called Mortal Kombat and it's not exactly taken seriously, but. In the first one, there's just an off line by Shang Tsung. He's like, "Sub Zero and Scorpion, mortal enemies, fighting for centuries," and you you kind of get like, you just kind of feel it, you know. Like this one, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not slamming the Sub Zero Scorpion stuff here because that's the best parts of the film. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I'm saying is, is that the other film showed you enough to establish the characters and what their powers are, and left enough mysterious. This one leaves. Everything mysterious to the point of incoherence, in my okay. opinion. Okay. Um, like, t- tell me this if you never saw okay. the first film, right? And you're not a big gamer, right? Right. Okay. If you never saw the first film, how do you know what Shang Sun is about?
0: Ooh, good question. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of villain, you know, villain. Ca- villain casting and villain costuming and villain look 101 like yeah. i know he's the bad guy because he's on the ugly throne on the ugly world saying ugly things about the characters we've been taught to like so far and that would be it whereas you're right you have you know i will eat your soul you know you have carrie having a great time in
1: 1995 and he, he I, transforms, I think that's he shapeshifts right. in that movie like in a small scene so you know he has that yeah. power it, he it sucks it's, his all, soul it's all out
0: it's all wardrobe and background here, you know, where that's yes. So Shang Zung to me does count as being underdeveloped to the point where he's there because he's big and he's there because he can eat some souls. And of course it makes for a special effect moment, but the true heavyweight is that is sub zero. And I, I do like that yeah. sub zero is kind of that top lieutenant who comes out and just fucks everybody up, you know, yep. take, you know, takes Jax's arms, damn near kidnaps everybody possible. Like I like that idea where, And it was a little swerve of instead of seeing a true, you know, a true tournament, it's the scheming before the tournament in in a way. And I'm not saying this is going to be the prequel to something bigger, but I do like that. Like, Hey, let's not even do a competition movie. Let's just go out and fight each other. Let me go hunt you
1: down. And I I didn't
0: mind that extra edge.
1: I have a thing about that in a second. However, I want to summarize the underdeveloped thing with the, the movie's most egregious moment in my opinion. All right. So, um, I believe the character is called Natara. She's basically this chick with wings, right? Right. So, okay, so Shang Sun basically, like, shows this chick off in one quick scene for, like, a minute. And mm-hmm. he shows, like, all these other people that he's... Basically, I think Shang Sun hires all these, like, kind of, um... What do you call them, Mercenaries or something? Because it's, like, right. a random dude with a with a big, like, ha- hammer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then that Cabal guy yeah, who's, ball, like, a robot right. and Anyways, he shows off this girl. He's like, she is the mystical goddess Natara. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then you never see her again. And then she comes back. And literally, when she swoops down to make her first attack, she gets sawed in half by this dude's hat, <laughs> Kung Lao's hat. And it's a fantastic fatality. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I love the gore in it. It's great. But, A, it's, it feels so cheap because it's like, I mean, this was this person even worthy of such a spectacular death? Mm. Because she didn't even get a punch in. Like, yeah. she just basically just flies into this dude's hat. <laughs> and that, to me, is True. the thing. It's like, not even in these little battles, these little character moments, could they give these characters any kind of agency see, or sure you know what i, I mean, what mean. I, it's just no, it, i mean it, it, i i yeah. feel like
0: it's i feel like there's enough enough now on the villain side you're right they're they're paper thin and yeah. goro is a disappointing waste of mm-hmm. a of a one-stop shop in a small little encounter instead of you know really hyping him up as the standing champion in a tournament style fashion the way they did in 1995 so right. to have goro just kind of be the one you know Extra thug who's supposed to be way better than all the other thugs to go get right. uh, Lewis Tan's character that was a wasted spot and a wasted moment now I know and we're we're spoiler people here but I yep. know they've kind of done the whole let's smoke them back into you know scoop oh up their bodies God. and maybe they come back later yeah. which will now be cheap because they're gonna <sighs> feel like fodder twice unless they add backstory on attempt number two but no the villain side. Is easily and admittedly very underserved with agency, stakes, backstory, unless you're sub-zero. And again, that's the best part of the movie. The heroes, I think, have enough shade, have enough agency, have enough reasons to go in there and do stuff. And because this is a good guys versus bad guys movie, and your one gray guy is Kano who flips sides, that was enough just to keep the tension to have fun. I I wasn't sitting there waiting for Kano to be the betrayer, but I, I you know whenever it would come, it would be doing what it was and. It was all right.
1: I actually I, thought I, was I actually had a low bar surprised. for this. It was
0: fine with me. You were surprised? I was actually he a little
1: surprised yeah, because um, yeah. not that not that I going off the first movie where he's a bad guy from the beginning, mm-hmm. but I thought that they and this might be a script issue because uh, I don't think it's a worthy twist that like, you know, I was sitting there going, oh, my God, you fooled me. Right. It was more like they really built him up as a hero and then true kind of just we're like, never mind. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, right. It's a very strange thing. Yeah. And, and you think like Jack's, like, I didn't feel like, like his moment of whatever was earned, you know, Mm. like first he has little, little binky arms and then (laughs) he grows big ones. Like there's just some kind of, it's like I said about the first film, Liu Kang in the first film, Robin Shaw, I believe, Mm-hmm. um you know he has like he has like uh abilities yeah but you know he gets knocked around sometimes and 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 then he does that fireball at the end of the first mortal combat like where it's mm-hmm. kind of earned like he earns that power well, like i mean this i mean raiden
0: to, you know to show off to the guy from thor but um no raiden does kind of you know, give us the exposition that you're trying to find your Arcana and, it, yeah. you know, it might as well be Chi the Force or a mutant power from X-Men. Like we've seen this got to find your inner power trope a thousand other different ways. And that's the only slope. I mean, that to me, that counts as slow paying patients where it's not fireball, fireball, fireball. So that helps a little bit. And it even helps that there's guys further advanced than the others, like his two students, the hat guy and Luke Kang, can get up and go right away and fight. And, and I, to have our new four people figure it out, I, again, in a boring middle training montage, isn't super helpful. But it, I feel like that counts enough as slow play, maybe not as slow played as 95, but enough that it's, that's a place, again, where it wasn't created excessive.
1: Well, the biggest problem with that is that some things make no sense with that. What is it called? Arcana? Arcana? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, Kano turn. gets it first
0: with the laser and eye.
1: Think, they yeah. have to fit it into his character from the game. So, his mm-hmm. power is that he has a fucking laser eye. Like, yeah. that's so stupid. It's very, very. Like I, I like it in the first movie where he just has a plate with a red eye and you have no idea why and it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that you don't know why Right. this one is like oh he, his magic power that he unlocked in himself yeah, is a him shooting beam eye um, yeah. which is really dumb and then of course the, the one that is so silly is Jax that mm-hmm. he's got the these little dinky me. arms so that his true power are we to understand then like let's say Sub-Zero never broke the dude's arms off that his true power would be that his arms would be replaced by these gigantic metal arms. Oh gosh, G- you know what I mean? Question. Like it just—it seemed so silly. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. It's so circumstantial to the to the fact that he lost his arms. Like, what was right. his power going to be if he didn't? Like, you know what I mean?
0: Just bigger arms. Like, did yeah, I guess to go to the gym a little longer. You know.
1: <laughs> now some of so, the stuff, some of the stuff. Yeah. I don't get. Do you understand mm-hmm. what Cole's power was? Yeah, with the the like the the sheath
0: of per, like bodily protection, but let me keep my face up. Cause I look good on camera. I, I the, the turtleneck of the turtle, the golden turtleneck of protection. I don't know, man, well,
1: and but a no, a like, friend of mine on Facebook said like it. And this is what I thought too, as I was watching it is it's almost like the black Panther armor where it like absorbs it, energy. It feels I was like, 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 I was like, what the hell is this? Like I just, I,
0: I did I, have to, I did have to look that up in Wikipedia and it, you know, obviously because this comes from video games that have been out a long time that predates whatever Kugler did a couple of years ago in the movie but of course we don't know that and it feels like a john carter coming after star wars and avatar moment where john Carter's the thing that actually came first but the other right. movies that got to got to show their part off instead of the or the og so to speak so no i
1: don't think it's no, a rip like, off i'm just saying i had no idea what yeah, the hell yeah, yeah. it was i, I it, still but don't feels, know what he does
0: but no but i don't know what does either no, but because it's underexplained and underearned, a uh, first timer is going to go, "Oh, that's just a Wakanda armor thing." Like, look, like, it's oh, it's going to feel like it's cheap
1: copy, no matter what. Yeah, but I I still, but I, that's the thing is they they give Kano like this long yeah. thing with his eyeball thing, but then yeah. like Sonya just like they kind of throw it on at the end. Oh, I've got beams now. You know, it was like, well, why right. does she have beams? Because like in some cases it's connected to who they are. In some cases mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's yeah. really, really sketchy.
0: <laughs> it is. I mean, and and I'm not saying 95 is much better, you know. And, and it's all fantastical bullshit because here we are in a glorified video game movie, which might as well be as bad as a comic movie. In fact, in, I'll call every video game movie worse than a comic movie because they have no plot. They have things you mash your buttons and do, and then that's it. Yeah, so to apply any receiver. kind of story to this <laughs> is any is like putting masking tape on something. To even try, it's paper mache. So, it where it's got a crusty outside that attempts to have it outside, but you can smash it in two seconds. And and here we are taking the you know sometimes inconsequential things and smashing it. In. The fun part for me though is I had fun. Like creative fights, creative mm-hmm. kills, good. Uh, I I got a name drop while I can here. Quick in, in closing, the stunt coordinator and fight department team of Kyle Gardner, Jay Damantia, Chad Chan Griffin, and Anthony Rena. They worked on Aquaman and Shazam. Uh, they they were I thought that team and what they've fleshed out to kind of create very creative fights was really good to kind of be a I don't want to say an homage, but to to match some of the potential, especially with today, we would be really easy to green screen everything. Mm-hmm. I did like the unique practical sets. Not, nothing is eye yeah. popping is 95 with the crazy color, but you, you, Sub-Zero's Frost coming in in different places and the in the different physical locations they would try to kind of use or the sets they created. We're not too bad. And that was enough of a cool look and a cool bit of fun for me. And to throw all the buckets of blood was a massive improvement from where we could
1: have been before. So, yeah, yeah, it gets the I, love for me. I did not care for the fight scenes in this movie. Um, oh. I, I still like watching the fights from the first one because yeah. it seems more it seems more like a kung fu flick. It, 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 That's the, true. The fights are shot in wider angles so you can see everything. Mm-hmm. This has a lot of fast cutting. This one doesn't have like memorable moves. It it does seem like everybody's kind of got their own fighting style, which I understand is how Mortal Kombat kind of works. Everyone has their own style, but it it, it's not aesthetically pleasing. I I don't. I can't recall, with the exception of Scorpion and Sub Zero, I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. I just watched the movie half an hour ago. I don't remember any of the stuff. My last thought, a name drop for me is, um, there is an actor in this who plays Scorpion, who's a really compelling looking guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's just very compelling. He's got like a physicality to him. He's got an interesting look. Japanese actor Harryuki Sanada. Yeah, he's um, fantastic. He, uh, for uh, Marvel fans out there, he was in The Wolverine. Come, here comes um, the show. He was, he was in The Wolverine, and, but he was mm-hmm. also in Avengers Endgame. He had a very small role when he, he faces Hawkeye <sighs> slash Ronin right. in Tokyo. Um, the show. He's, he's also See, for me, in, he's,
0: <laughs> for me, he's the last samurai. You know, he's back from 03 for me. Oh,
1: so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last yeah. Samurai is great. Uh, he's been, he was in Lost. He was in Sunshine, which is a great film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he yeah, was. Uh, a solid resume. He that was, guy's yeah.
0: 60 out there doing what he's doing, yeah. too. So I'm oh, impressed yeah. by his age coming out there mixing up with the young kids.
1: Oh, yeah. He's, uh, I was looking at his resume. Um, he made his first film appearance at the age of five. So, How about that? in 1965. So. He's been acting for literally 55 years. (laughs) Wow. um, All right. But I I really liked it. That's you land, huh? Um, Yeah. So he salvages it a little bit for me if he was in it more than the first 10 and final 10 minutes. So I'm going to say this. The movie is excellent for the first 10 minutes. So, so for the 90 minutes in between and then good for the (laughs) last 10 minutes. I actually cheered when, uh, we got the, because it was earned when we got mm-hmm. the get over here from Scorpion. Oh, yeah. That was earned. So I love that. But anyway. okay, Okay.
0: I'm learning more about you with every episode, Will, the <laughs> earn it. Great. You're Captain John Miller from Saving Private Ryan. Can't wait for that episode.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. I Well, that might be a double love. Do you love that movie? It's a double love.
0: Easily. easily. Yeah. How can you not like that movie? I mean, how could, like movie. I mean <laughs> oh, how could you not? Yeah. Thin, Thin Red Line is better, right but that's fine. Didn't realize better? No, it is not. <laughs> no, I don't need I don't need girlfriend letters at home, curtains and and slow ass Sean Penn. No, thank you. I'll take hit me with this. Yeah, right whatever. All right, uh, <laughs> All right.
1: Close this up here, man. All right. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fitz, and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy fits podcast. You can also find me and Don on Letterboxd. Letterboxd is like my favorite app in the world i love updating it and having your stats and everything but i create lists on there don's on there as well so we got all kinds of fun stuff to so follow us there for sure um have we so far okay. in our episodes i don't know if we've posted polls <laughs> i don't know if we have enough people listening to do a poll like that would break my heart if we posted a poll and like only my mom voted or something
0: right or but um, vote for each other That's it. exactly
1: so it's like a tie but it's only like two votes um, um. So I, I guess that's in flux. You may see a poll uh <laughs> matching this episode for you to weigh in on who you think made the most compelling argument. Um. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. We have a great time. We're we're gaining some followers. Uh, mm-hmm. I like interacting with you guys on there. I'm like I like supporting other podcasts. So um, that's fun. Cinephile hissy fits, of course is the 25YL media podcast it is brought to you by ruminationsradionetwork.com. network.com please visit rate review and subscribe i think we have one rating and one review so that's great um if you enjoyed the show we definitely have more where that came from uh we definitely plan as soon as we get more established and we are less new we take the new out of the intro uh we we plan on having guest hosts and we will have someday. I'm making it. I'm putting it into. I'm putting it out there in the universe. We're gonna have wonderful guests someday. Mm-hmm. Um, um, many wonderful guests, both fa- people that are famous, um, people that are not famous, uh, goddesses like Samantha Robinson who will come on someday. I I, I just know it. I'm putting it out there. Anyways. We're going to have that in the future, but all the stuff we have so far, I think we've got about, uh, I don't know how much the episode's been released, but uh, you can catch you know, six or seven of them right now. Uh, all available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. we Will, take care. See you next time.
1: Yeah, I'll see you later, my friend. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Do you want more and amazing and awesome content just like this? Great shows with fun hosts? Do you want to indulge in some great discussion and rumination on a variety of topics? Join us at ruminationsradionetwork.com. The newest home to a diverse cast of podcasters and masterminds.